0: Warning! This video may trigger certain people. The panel has been discussing the spirituality and the forces of God, but I also believe that there are two forces that are here with us, that we do have our our God
1: that we can depend on, but there's also a power of darkness that we do need to be aware of. And that's you, where the choice is Do you believe that, that you can choose between one or the other? Most, most absolute definitely. Yeah. Now, now Marianne uh, Williamson says in her book, Return to Love, that we're always walking in the direction of one or the other, that all of your actions in life, either you're moving toward the darkness or you're moving toward the light. That's right. She calls it fear and love. There's this wonderful book called Ishmael by Daniel Quinn, which talks it, which, which is Anyway, it's a gorilla talking, but anyway. Uh, it talks about one of the points it brings out is one of the mistakes that human beings make is believing that there is only one way to yeah. live That's and right. that we don't accept that there are diverse ways of being in the world, that there are millions of ways to be then a human how do you being. God? And, and many ways, no, but many paths oh, right. to what you call God. That and is her path crazy. might be something else, and when she gets there she might call it the light. But her loving and her kindness and her generosity brings her if it brings her to the same point that it brings you, it doesn't matter whether she called it God along the way or not. And I guess the danger that could be on that, I mean it it sounds great on the onset, but if you really look at both sides, I'm there couldn't could possibly to... be just one way. What what about Jesus? What about Jesus
0: and you say there isn't only one way? There is one
1: way, and only one way, and that, that is possibly, through Jesus. Jesus. There couldn't possibly be, with because the you of say people in there is. isn't. There couldn't possibly be, because you say you intellectualize it and say there isn't. If no. you don't believe that, you're all buying into the lie. But that means you right. No, do you think? Do you think that you, if you if you are somewhere no. on the planet? <laughs> You if you're somewhere on the planet and you never hear the name of Jesus, you never hear the name of Jesus, but yet you live with a loving heart, you lived as Jesus would have had you to live, you lived for the same purpose that Jesus came to the planet to teach us all, but you are in some remote part of the earth and you never heard the name of Jesus. You cannot get to heaven, you think? And that is covered in the scriptures, too. The People are talked about Truly, that. God knows the heart. Does God care about your heart or does God care about if you call his son Jesus? Well, you know oprah god jesus cannot come back until that gospel is preached in the four corners of this earth so you don't figure it out okay okay i can't get into a religious argument with you it's not religion before
0: i share with you this rare clip of where oprah winfrey openly admits why she rejected her christian upbringing first i've got to say this there is no other name under heaven given among men by which We must be saved except the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Really, there are only three things that every human being in this world needs to know, and it's this. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Why is he the way? Because out of all of the religious leaders in this world, out of all the presidents and prime ministers, out of every single guru, out of everything that this world can spit out, there is only one who has lived a sinless life, and that is Christ alone. This is the creator of the universe we're talking about, this vast huge god encased in skin, flesh and bones. This is the one who was born of a virgin, came into this world in a little town called Bethlehem, not a palace in Rome, but was laid in an animal trough. This is the one who spent his life working with stone and wood and yet never went against the grain of God's laws. This is the one who did not make friends with celebrities and sports stars, but ordinary people like you and me. This is the one who it was said, the common people heard him gladly. Never a man spake like this man, they said about him. This is the one who, oh yes, he was God. God incarnate, God so powerful. And yet he had such a gentle side. It's said that he looked on the crowd and had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. He was the one who made time for the poor, the maimed, the lonely, the lame. He was the one who stood by his friend Lazarus's tomb. In those two powerful words, Jesus wept. He was a God who had a soft, tender heart. This is the one who did not chase money or fame. No, he made sure that for our sakes he became poor This is the one who preached from a borrowed boat. He rode to Jerusalem on a borrowed donkey. He was even buried in a borrowed tomb. One day when he wanted to illustrate a point, he said, excuse me, could one of you lend me a coin? He couldn't just reach into his pocket and pull out a coin. He really was poor. He was the light of the world, but darkness tried to extinguish that light and put him on a cross, a cruel Roman cross. And yet the Bible tells us that in God's heart, before the foundation of the world, there was a lamb that was slain, and that spotless, sinless lamb was the Lord Jesus Christ. Because every single one of you who can hear my voice right now is a sinner. We're all backbiters, we're all gossips, we've all been envious and lied. There's no one now who can say they're pure. There is no one who seeks God on their own. There is no one who is holy. No, every single one of us can sing with Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. And all of us deserve condemnation, death and hell. And yet God in his love sent his only begotten son to hang and die on a cross so that you and I be forgiven. And that is why no one can say that I can come to the Father on my own way. No one can say there are a million roads to heaven because there is one way to heaven. It is only Christ who paid the price for sin. It is only Christ who can offer reconciliation and forgiveness. It is only through him. And that's why you would be very wise to put your trust in the one who died on a cross, who was buried, who rose again on the third day, who right now is seated on high, ascended in heaven at the right hand of God. And one day is coming back to judge the living and the dead. What will you do with this message you've just heard? Will you reject the Lord Jesus Christ or will you make him Lord and realize he is the only way, the only way to heaven is through him? But people want to know, why did Oprah reject her Christian upbringing? Well, just let me give you one piece of evidence before we go back to Oprah, and it's this. If you don't believe that Christianity is the truth, the life, when Jesus Christ gives a person his salvation, that truth, that life is imparted, it's given to them as a gift. So you'd expect to see honest, truthful Christians So here's my evidence for you. I want you now to take 90 dollars, 90 pounds, and I want you to drop 30 pounds where you go on Friday night to the pub that you go to on a Friday night. I want you to take another 30 pounds and drop it on the nightclub that you go to on a Saturday night. And then I want you to take the last 30 pounds and drop it where you go on a Sunday night. And then I'm gonna do the exact same experiment. I'm gonna drop my 30 pounds where I go on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. morning, who do you think is going to have the most money? Me or you? I think deep down, you know that Christians are honest. And yes, you can say all you want that Christians are frauds, that Christians are hypocrites. But would you put your money where your mouth is? Would you rather lose £100 at a prayer meeting or £100 in a nightclub? That's my question to you. Oprah Winfrey. I've really op- it's really opened my eyes up to a new way of thinking, a new form of spirituality that doesn't always align with the teachings of Christian- Christianity. So my question is to you, Oprah, how have you reconciled
1: these spiritual teachings with your Christian beliefs? Uh, I've reconciled it because I was able to open my mind about the, um, the absolute indescribable hugeness of that which we call God. Um, I took God out of the box because I grew up in the Baptist church and there were, you know, rules and, you know, belief systems and doctrine. And um, I happened to be um, sitting in church in my late 20s and I was going to this church where you had to get there at, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning or you couldn't get a seat and a very uh, charismatic minister, and everybody was just, you know, into the sermon. And uh, this great uh, minister was preaching about how great God was and how omniscient and omnipresent and God is everything. And then he said, and the Lord thy God is a jealous God. And I was, you know, caught up in the rapture of that moment until he said jealous. And something struck me. Just, and I was like, uh, I think about 27 or 28. I was thinking, God is all, God is omnipresent, God is all, and God's also jealous, jealous God is jealous of me. Um, and something about that didn't, didn't feel right in my spirit because I believe that God is love and that God is in all things. And so that's when the, the, the search for something more than doctrine, Uh, started to stir within
0: me. Oprah, I know you're one of the most famous women in the world, and so I don't expect this message will ever reach you, but if just the smallest chance in the Lord's grace it does, I've got to say this, God is not jealous of you. The Bible actually says, it tells us the truth of who you and I really are. The Bible refers to us as dust and ashes. At times it says we're worms. So why is this vast, immeasurable, mighty God Why is he going to be jealous of dust and ashes, of worms like you and me? He's not. But when the scripture says, the Lord thy God is a jealous God, it means that Oprah, although we are dust and ashes, although we are nothing, God is jealous for our love. God wants us to bow the knee and worship him. Not because he needs our worship. No, God is happy in himself. He is content at all times. But he wants us to worship him because he knows that nothing will satisfy the human soul more than him, and in his goodness, that's why he created us, so that we might enjoy him and his wonder and his beauty. And I'll tell you, as a man who lived for himself for many years and then turned to Christ, I'll tell you, there is nothing more satisfying than knowing and having a living, intimate relationship with the Almighty One of heaven. But hey now, whilst we're talking about jealousy, I can't help but think about that controversial video I made last year which irritated, dare I say, angered a lot of people. If you were one of the people who was annoyed by this video, would you just go back and watch it again and make sure you don't miss the ending because I sort of give away the whole reason of what the video was about and I think you might have misunderstood me. And if you haven't yet subscribed, please do consider subscribing. I really would appreciate another chance, another opportunity to talk to you about the most important thing to me and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for watching and God bless you all.